0: I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter number 13. And we were here last week, and this is kind of crazy. I said, God, why didn't you tell me I was going to be preaching two things in a row? I would have made a sermon series about it. And he said, well, it's not about you, Paul. And so I didn't, I didn't question any further. But we're just expounding on what we, uh, what we read last week. We read uh, the parable of the sower and the seed Amen. And this week, we're going to read the next parable that Jesus went into about the parable of the wheat and the tares. How many of y'all are familiar with this past passage of Scripture? Many of us, if you've been in, uh, in the church very long, you've heard at least uh, parts of this parable, but there are some nuggets in this that I think God has shown me this week that I'm, uh, that I'm anxious to get out to the people this week. Amen. So I'm glad that the Lord has kept me here, but He, didn't, he, he hid it from me as He did from Elijah um, the prophet or well, it was Elisha when the Shunammite woman's daughter had I said the Lord hid it from me I didn't know I was going to be here last week but nonetheless here we are and we're thankful for the word of God how many of y'all are thankful for the word of God I'm more more thankful for the word of God than anything else in my life when I don't know where to go I go to the word when I don't know what to do I go to the word when I don't know how to pray I go to the word When I when I don't know what to say in a time of need I go to the word when, I'm, when my back's against the wall, I can go to the Word. When when everybody else is is against me, He's for me. And He said in His Word, He's fighting my battles for me. That they're not mine, that they're, they're His. Whatever you have need of is right here. I'm so thankful for the Word of God this morning. And the Word of God says in Matthew chapter number 13, and I won't make you... We will stand for the reading of the Word then. Sister Wanda's is a trendsetter. Amen. And we're so thankful for that. We will stand for the reading of the word. I won't we're not reading very much this uh, this morning anyway. So verse number twenty-four, it says, In another parable he put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed, everybody say good seed in his field. In his field that's okay. We could just we repeat all the way through. Amen. But but while men slept. His enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy has done this. And the servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together the fruit of the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. Everybody say burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Bow your heads and your hearts one more time with me. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to come into a place in this great country and lift up our hands and lift up our voice and lift up our worship to the king and kings and Lord of lords, God. We thank you for the liberties that we have to do that. And God, we take those free liberties and we we liberally pour out our blessings upon you, pour out our love on you. But God, right now it's time for the word. God, your word is forever settled. God your word is full of integrity God your word will remain forever the grass will wither and the flower thereof will fade but your word will remain forever God in your word is all that we need God in your word is life in your word is love in your word is everything that we have need of so today I ask that the increase come to your word God Lord that you would cause it to go forth and accomplish the thing that it sets out to do in this house God Lord I pray right now for an anointing on the preaching so that it's not just my words not just my voice God Lord but that you would carry it by the Holy Ghost into each and every life that is here Lord that it would be rhema a word instant right now for everybody in this house we give you praise honor and glory in Jesus name everybody shout amen Amen. and you can be seated Amen. Uh, last week we talked about some things uh, just before this in the parable of the sowing of the seed and the scattering of the seed, and we. Talk, I don't want to repreach last week's message because I've got less time this time. Uh, so, but but we talked about sowing seed, and at the last verse of of the of the last set of scriptures, in verse number twenty three, he said. But he that received seed into good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, bringeth and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. And so we were talking last week and I want to point out one thing before we move into this week. We're, we're recapping last week. The one thing that I need you to understand is the, the main thing that we were focusing on last week was that we, we were talking about the seed was representative of the word. Amen. And there's something. I, it's something that God is impressing upon my spirit right now. That has to do with this Bible. That has to do with this word. I, I fear that the people of God know not God because they do not know what the Word of God says. They don't know what the Word of God says about them. They don't know what the Word of God is saying to them. They know. They don't know how the Word of God describes them. I I, I remember when I was a youth pastor and I was talking with young people and they were all the time in a in a type of identity crisis. They didn't know exactly who they. Were How many of y'all can say, looking at the world today, you can see how young people are confused about who they are, and their confusion lies in them not knowing their identity, because God said, I know your identity. You may not know your identity, but I know your identity, and you are a child of the King. You are you are a, a, an adopted a son or a daughter, whereby you have the spirit of adoption, and you cry, Abba, Father. It's all written in this word, who we are. He said, I fearfully and wonderfully made you you in the innermost parts he said uh, that you are you are a creation of his and i'm telling you everything that we have need of is right here and so last week we were talking about the seed the word that was planted when the good word of god is sown but not understood then comes the wicked one to steal away that which was sown but this week I want to talk to you about the fact we said last week it was all about the word, but this week I want to I want to submit to you that as he goes on to talk about the parable of the kingdom of God being like the seed that was sown in a field, but there was wheat and tares, that this week we can say that the that what is being sown can be anything. So I want you to take the scripture and take the message from this point forward and apply it to that area of your life that you have been sowing into, not just the word, because last week was all about the word. this week, it's, it's about whatever you have been sowing your seed into. It's whatever is in your field, okay? And so I need you to understand that you can sow any kind of thing. And the Bible says, in whatsoever way a man soweth, he shall also reap, Amen. But uh, the, the the thing I know is, as I look around, and we live out on the west side of Springfield, that um, there's soybeans kind of coming up and they're coming into just about coming ripe for, for the harvest. And so we've seen a lot of soybeans. And I was thinking, as I was looking, that you can't sow a seed, a soybean seed, and get corn. Did you know that? If the farmer goes out and he tills up the ground, puts fertilizer down, and then he put, puts a bunch of soybean seeds in, And then he comes out with the combine for corn when it's all harvest time. He's really messed up. Because you can't sow a certain kind of seed and try and reap a different kind of harvest. Amen? You can't... Let let me put it to you you in more layman's terms. You can't sow money and get health. It's quiet. There have been many of us that have been going to God and saying, God... I've been faithful in this area. Why have you not brought forth this fruit? And the problem is God said in his word, and he's bound by it, that in whatsoever way a man sows, there also shall he reap. And so we know that you can't sow in this department and reap from over here. The problem with us is that that department over there, and I'm just going to let you work this out for yourself. I'm not going to get all up in your business today. But the, we want to sow in this field over here, but we want to reap in this field over here. Why? Because this, one, this reaping, it seems better to us to reap this over here, but it's easier to sow over there. Because over here, uh, the people that i got to sow into aren't as pleasing for me to sow into. Or the the thing that I have to sow into this field, this ground isn't as fertile in my eyes as that ground. So I want to sow over there, and I want to reap over here. But that's not the way God said it works. He said, whatsoever way you sow, so also shall you reap. So what am I saying? If you're going to want to receive healing in your life, then you don't drop money in the offering plate. This doesn't equal one another. These are not the principles of God. But if you want to see healing in your life, you begin to dig into the word of God. And number two, you begin to pray for people for healing. There's something that manifests powerfully when you will put others' needs before your own. And you'll begin to sow into the life of others and say, God, I know I have a need of a healing in my body, but right now, God, what I'm concerned with is the healing that they need. And so I'm going to extend my faith toward them and I'm going to begin to pray for them to see their need begin to be met. And then all of a sudden, you're going to reciprocate it back to me because you're a good good father and I'm preaching better than anybody's talking back to me this morning. If y'all needed anything you'd be amen in me right now because you'd say I'm going to begin to sow into the areas that I have need of and not sow into these over here and wonder why God is not bringing forth fruit in this other area of my life. Now on the contrary, on the flip side I got to go ahead and talk about it for a minute. If you need finances in your life you do not sow of labor. You do not sow of praying for the sick if you need finances in your life because God said that these principles I, I don't want to keep beating it in the ground but whatever way you sow you reap and so I, I met a man one time and he told me how he had, uh, he had so many millions of dollars in the ground and he was believing God for a 10 million dollar return and, and I said well, you've, you've sowed a million dollars into the kingdom of God and he said well I've done it in the form of work and I said well brother when God God's going to bless you with 10 million dollars worth of work all of a sudden he his face turned a little bit and he thought, my goodness, the sweat of my brow. I can't even imagine what $10 million worth of work is going to take. But you see, he was trying to sow in one way but reap in another. And it just doesn't work that way. So we've got to get specific with God when we're going to sow into something then we need to sow into that thing and be faithful in our sowing. Sometimes we throw some seed out and then we're like if it comes up, it comes up. Brother Rich, I remember when I planted a food plot for the first time I was like, man, I don't have a, I don't have the proper disc. I don't have anything to do this field right. And so I took a rake out there and tried to break up some of the weeds apart and, and then I threw some like mixed batch of whatever and I was like hopefully this will bring forth some kind of fruit. And it was just on a whim. I was just like, Scott, I was throwing seed out there and I was just, you know, hopefully something comes up here and I can find, you know, nothing happened. Nothing, nothing happened. I didn't get any kind of fruit. I didn't get any yield of what I had, but I didn't sow very good either. I didn't put forth the real time and effort into my sowing. Amen. So I need to just point it out and, and, I'm, and then I'm going to finish on, move on. But uh, I wrote this down so I wouldn't get it wrong. The kind of harvest you need has to determine the kind of seed that you sow. Okay? So you need to write that down if you're taking notes this week. The kind of harvest you need must determine the kind of seed that you are sowing. Don't sow the wrong seed. Uh, Many times we don't have what we need to have or we lack something in, in in the kingdom's business because we fail to sow the right kind of seed. I'm moving on for the sake of time this morning. But you see, the law of sowing and reaping works in every aspect of our life, but I believe God is only concerned with the sowing of one thing in the lives of His people, and that's the Word. So sowing and reaping is a principle that He made for everything, but the only thing He's interested in sowing is the Word. Because He knows that if you get the Word, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Amen? And so He knows that if He can sow sow the Word, then you'll get faith. That the result of the word is faith. And then, and then he knows that you'll get knowledge by reading the word. And then he knows that if any of you lack understanding or wisdom that you would pray to God and through the word he will bring wisdom. So wisdom comes through the word. Life comes by believing the word. Do you know that when we believe in the word of God, when we believe what this book says, then all of a sudden we have the we have the ability and the gift to pass over from what was dead into what is now living for eternity. Amen. Uh, we there's life and life more abundantly in John 10:10. 10, 10, he said, "I'll give you life and life more abundantly." There's life when, when you, we believe the Word, and there's love when we begin to enact the Word. When you bring this Word into manifestation, you show the love of God. Amen? It's all there. And so this week we're talking about more than just the sowing of the seed, but we're talking about what happens when the seed has gone into the ground. Jesus ends the last parable, and then He immediately begins to expound upon what He, what he was talking about before. You know he wasn't scatterbrained, brother Dave. He didn't talk one parable and then go to the next one. He didn't say he didn't talk about things that were unrelated. He kept on topic. Amen. Some preachers need to do that. I'm preaching to myself this morning. But the but but he goes on and he's he's talking about the seed that was sown and then he was uh, and and bringing forth good fruit when it's properly sown and then he goes into saying now when you have sown into good ground let's look at verse number twenty four and at the end of it it says um, and the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed into his field and he just talked about sowing good seed into Good ground, and the one thing that we need to see is that this is good seed being sown into good ground that 's the first thing that we need to look at in this parable and i 'm going to be a little bit expository today i 'm going to read these scriptures and go down through and really teach from them this morning. But the first thing that we need to understand is that the, that for your seed to work out in your favor it has to first be good seed. And it has to go into good ground. Amen. You can't just sow seed in any kind of ground. I can't just rake up the ground and just throw out some seed on some dry, barren ground that had nothing but weeds growing up in it and expect to yield a return. Amen? And so you have to have good seed, not corruptible seed. The Bible talks about corruptible and incorruptible seed. And you have, to, you have to have uncorrupted seed and put it in the right place, not the wrong place. I don't know how many times I've seen people sow into the wrong places. There are, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've seen people sow more than just their finances, but their time, and their investment, and their, and, and their labor, and their, their, their teaching, and their gifts, and their abilities. And they've sowed it into places that were not fertile soil for them to sow into. And so they didn't yield anything back from that. They didn't, they didn't reap a harvest, not because they weren't being good and faithful servants, but they had sowed into the wrong ground. The ground wasn't fertile for them to receive back. And so the Bible says, as you go on in verse number 25, it says, but while men slept, everybody say men slept. Now it wasn't. See a lot of people read the scripture and you miss the e in the word men there but it says we we like to think while the man slept and yes the man was sleeping but the bible is is giving us a phrase here it says while men slept. So what's that tell me? It tells me that it's not one man's error when some tears are sowed among your seed, when there's some bad stuff coming your way. Sometimes it's not just on your error. It's not just for your, it's not just your problem because you're just sleeping in the hour of sleep. What I'm telling you this morning, and just for the sake of time, I'm going to quickly go through this. It's that the problem isn't that you're resting because God showed us rest. And he rested on the seventh day even though he didn't need to. To show us that we need to rest. And the problem is not in the resting. The problem is not having a watchman. See, because this was the hour that men slept. And so it wasn't, it wasn't like the sower was doing something wrong. We immediately look at this and we see, oh, we think the sower was—he was sleeping when he ought not have been sleeping. And listen, I'm all about awakening. Amen, that's the name of the church, that's what we believe in. God waking up this country and waking up His people to the Spirit of God that wants to flow through this country. But I'm telling you, there is a season for rest. God gave us 24 hours in a day and He told us that we ought to rest a third of the time. I'm more concerned with the other two-thirds and what we're doing with that. If we'd get busy about the other two-thirds, I think the the one-third would be okay. So it's not about the man sleeping, but this was the hour when men slept. The next line goes on to say that while men slept, his enemy came. His enemy. I've got to tell you this morning that like it or not, you've got enemies. I hate to even preach that back to myself because I used to tell people, you've heard me say this. I live in a fairy tale land where everybody likes me. And if you don't like me, don't tell me because I like to live here. Okay? Because I just, I feel like I'm a nice, likable guy, and there's, you know, just, what is there about me that's not to like? I mean, I'm made by God. Think about it. I'm not prideful. I mean, it's just, it's His doing. He's my Father, He made me. He, and, and, you know, if you don't like me, please don't tell me. Because I like living here in this place where I'm liked by everybody. But the reality is, we all have enemies. You at least have one. The adversary of your soul, he's going out. He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Anybody know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about G, uh, talking about Satan. Wow. Touch him, God. He wants to destroy you. He wants to not just kill you, but destroy you. And he wants to uproot everything that's been done that's good in your life. You see, we're going to get into these tears here in a minute, but this is w- the way that Satan wants to uproot what God is doing in your life. And then the Bible goes on to say that um, while men slept, His enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat. And then it says, and went His way. Have you know, Did you see that in the Scripture? It says that He went His way. I wish you could underline that right there, Eli. His way. Can you underline that? He'll get it done. You watch. He's pretty crafty with that stuff back there, but I got to thinking about that, and you know, there's something that that really jumped off the page at me because we wonder all the time. The Bible says that there that that there is enemies, and you remember last time, last week, I talked about uh, the sheep uh, in wolves' clothing, and that, that sometimes we want to make the preacher be the wolf, but the Bible said that it was the the sheep, uh, the wolf was in sheep's clothing, and so the sheep shepherd. It, he didn't say that he's a wolf in shepherd's clothing. He said he's a wolf, a wolf in sheep's clothing. And so uh, oftentimes we have enemies that are encamped around about us. And, and how many of you all have ever heard the cliche that you keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer, right? And so the reality is that there's a lot of truth in that statement. And so your enemies are closer to you than you might think. And so those enemies are around you and this is how you will know them. I know the scripture says you will know them by their fruit what is their fruit his way is their fruit i was so it jumped off the page at me when i read that his way his way and i got to thinking about that and the spirit of god began to speak to me and he said watch out for anyone who has to have it their way because they will always go their way they're all self-absorbed self-consumed you see the the, the, the tear sowers, if I could use that as a word, the tear sowers often must have things their way. They, they've got to have it, they, they go into Burger King because they can have it their way. Amen. They, 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 I, I like what Bon Quickly says at King Burger. You can have it your way, but don't get crazy. You all don't know what I'm talking about, but you can look it up at home. Uh, but, I, but I got to thinking about, you know, his way. All the time there are people all around us that say my way. I want it my way. I want it where, where I can have it my way. Even, I said it a while ago, but even Burger King, you can go and you can have it your way. They just want you to be able to have it your way. And I, I got to thinking about that and, and I got to thinking about Frank Sinatra. And then I, I just, I had to look up the words of the song and he said, I did it my way. And, he be, and and I began to look, and I, I, I read the words of the song, it says, And now the end is near, and I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full, I've traveled each and every highway, but more, much more than this, I did it my way. And then the, the last verse goes, For what is a man, what has he got? If not himself, he has not. To say, to say the things he truly feels and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows. I did it my way. Yes, I did it my way. I'm telling you right now that there's not lyrics of a song that could grieve the heart of God anymore than those words right there because God is not a God that you can do it your way or you can have it your way but Jesus set the ultimate example at the garden of Gethsemane when he said father nevertheless not my will but thou will be done he didn't say I want it my way if he could have had it his way and he could have listen he could have called down uh, what was it ten legions of angels ten thousand angels down uh, that he could have called them down and they could have rescued him off of the cross he could have been saved he didn't have to come and live and die for us he didn't have to come as a babe in a manger he didn't have to do any of it he could have had it his way i need you to understand that the godhead could have been up there in heaven and they could have said we'll take it our way we'll do it my way but they said no we want to create something that was made for worship that will love us because they choose to love us and he said i I want to create a being that will look at me and say not my way but your way god not my way not the way I want to live, but the way you want to live. I wish that society would get out of this have it my way mentality and say I want to have it God's way. If we would get back to God's way, then there would be prayer in school again. There would be prayer in the church again. There would be prayer in the home again. There would be Christian morals and ethics all over the town today if we would just do it God's way. But we've gotten away from that and we begin to do it my way. And it begs the question to be asked is just simply... If we want it my way, then are we the sower or are we the enemy? My way. Not my way, but thy way. Not my will, but thou will. The Bible goes on to say, and then when the the blade was sprung up. When is the time word? And when the blade was sprung up and it brought forth fruit. When the blade was sprung up. You see, there's no way to see what has been mixed with your seed in the time of sowing at that time. There's no way to see what's been mixed with your seed when you sow it. I want to submit to you today that when you wretch in your billfold or wrote in, out of your checkbook a tithe or an offering today to give into that bucket, You did not know what other gifts were being given into that bucket. You could not have known what you were planting your seed. You could not have known what other seed was going to be mingled into that. You can't know it. It's the the principle of God that you are not to know what is mixed in with your seed when it's in the ground you can do everything you can to put it in good soil you can do everything you can to fertilize it you can do everything you can to make the ground prepared but you cannot stop the way what is sowed with it i've got i've got to hurry this morning and let's stop right there and look for just a second at what a tear really is and i'm going to really speed through this the tear is the Darnell seed that that tear right there is a darnell seed, and what a darnell seed is, is it's basically a weed, and it goes in the ground, and the roots of that weed will 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 gather around the root of the other plants, and they will begin to suffocate the root at the root of the other plant, and so uh, the darnell seed is what what will will it will just attack your harvest. It will attack what you've been sowing into. And so uh, something else that's important to recognize, and I've, I've re- I'm, I'm really trying to rush at this point. I looked up and seen the clock. I don't want to keep you like I did last week. But I need you to understand that the wheat and the tare looks like each other when they come up in this stage where we just read. But the, when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, it's not talking about the fruit of the actual tree. It's saying when it comes up and it's green and it's got a blade. When they first come up, they look the same. The wheat and the tares, they look exactly the same. And, and and so we look and we're sitting beside each other in church and we're just sitting there and we're saying who's the wheat and who's the tares? And everybody's looking around and they're saying, Which one's which one's the wheat and which one's the tear? I've done it myself. You don't you know I'll just be the guilty one today. I've looked around and who's the tares among us today? Which one of you guys are trying to suck the life out of somebody? Which one of you guys are trying to wrap around the root and just kill it at the root? They're there. I, I don't know. They're there. I'm just going to leave it like that. But the reality is you can't know them when they first spring up. And everybody says, oh, the wheat looks like the tear," But there's something important to note. It only looks like the tear at its immature stages. So the wheat and the tare only look alike when they're immature. But as you begin to mature... As you begin to mature in the Lord, no longer will the terror look like the wheat. As you begin to become mature in God... You won't have to worry about looking like something that, you know, has a form of godliness but the po- denies the power thereof. You won't look like that anymore because as you begin to mature in God, something begins to take some difference there. And so I'm moving on for the sake of time. The, the servant came to him and he says, shall we gather them up? And and he says, here's the question. When the question starts coming your way, uh, the servant goes, and as you begin to sow good seed into good ground, and you've done everything you're supposed to do, I've got to preach to some moms and dads in the house for just just a minute. You have sowed into your children's life. You have sowed good seed into them. You've sowed them into good ground. You brought them to church the way they were supposed to go, but then they grew up and they departed from the ways of God. And then comes somebody along and says, what did you do wrong? Because the Bible says that the servants came to him and they said, why is it that your seed has tares among it? Didn't you sow good seed? All of a sudden, the accusations begin to come. And they came from all the way around them. And then the the, the Bible goes on to say um, that he, but he said unto them, an enemy hath done this. You notice he didn't say the enemy or my enemy. He did not say the enemy. He did not say say I would I would submit to you that if he said my enemy or the enemy, he would have been talking about Satan. But he didn't say that. He said an enemy. That what that tells me is that an enemy is always the, under the direction of, but sometimes is not. The enemy, and so we we must watch who we let near our field. We've got to watch who we, we got to We got to keep an eye on who we let near our field. Who are you letting sow into your field? You got to protect your field. You got to put a watchman out on your field. I'm speaking uh, about. Let, let me break it down for you like this: Who is speaking into your life because you're letting them near your field? Who are you listening to? Who is coming around your finances? Who knows about your finances? Who's involved in your finances? Who is leeching money off of you? And who is around your wife or your husband? What are those connections? Because the tears come in because we don't have the watchman. Who is speaking into your children? We get, we get so mad that our kids act some of the way they do. But we didn't watch the field. We didn't protect them from getting tears sowed in with the wheat that we were trying to sow into them. And then the servant goes on and he says, should we pluck them up? And I've got to submit to you today that I'm a guy of, I I like to pluck things up. If there's a problem, I like to address it immediately, swiftly, and abruptly. Because that way we, we just get it up, pull it up by the root, and then be done. And this is often the best method. But sometimes when the enemy is crafty, like he is in this case, we must let it grow. We must let it grow. I didn't say let it go. We must let it grow. You, you don't have to let sin go, but you can let it grow because it will manifest itself. That's a nugget for somebody. I, I'm going for the sake of time, so I don't have time to bring these home. But somebody needs to write down that. You just need to let it grow because it will show. The true colors will begin to show if we must let it grow then we wait and see the f- when the seed has fully developed we can harvest the good fruit and separate it from the terror. you see the problem in the it, this is my last point before my close i'm not closing sister darla this is not a close it's my last cl- last point before the close. one thing that we do she said i close too many times um, one thing that we do oftentimes is we see that there's wheat and there's tares together. And we've got, uh, we've got the good thing that God's trying to do. And we see the enemy coming in trying to mess it up. And it's the hardest thing for a Christian to do to just back off and let, let it grow. And let God work it out and let maturity begin to come. How many moms and dads ever wanted to reach out there and grab your kid by the, nap of the neck and get them out? When God's saying, let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. Because if you'll let it come to maturity, it'll he'll bring it back in. And the thing is, if you pull up that tear any time before maturity time, you will kill your harvest. If you do it any time before the time of the harvest. If you try to pull that tear up, even a week, even a month, just a little too soon. If you try to... You know, let, 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 me, let me just break it down to you this way. I, I remember back when I was preaching about the, uh, the blacksmithing shed, and we were talking about letting the Holy Ghost get people on fire before we start beating them with a hammer. God bless church folks, um, but when you see your neighbor sinning, and you see that they're not doing something that's maybe pleasing to you, let's just not talk about God. They're, they're doing something that's just not righteous in your eyes. You don't need to go to them. You need to let it grow. You need to let it grow so that they can let God begin to mature them. If you see a problem in your neighbor, what the first thing you need to do is begin to pray. You need to seek God and say, God, if you want me to go to them, I'll go to them, but only when I have the spirit of meekness so that I can restore them. And the spirit of meekness. You don't need to go to them. You need to let it grow. Because if we pull them too quickly, then we've damaged the harvest. And it's no good for anything. And I'm closing with this, sister, darling, brother Rich. That the Bible says that he says, no, don't gather the tares or you'll root up the wheat with it. He said, let both grow together until the harvest time. And in that time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye first the tares and then gather the wheat into my barn. You see, my close is this gathering the tares first in the time of the harvest when your season has come it will be time for you to be reaped. And I need you to look at this from a different angle. There are many of us today who have saying God, when am I going to come into my time? When am I going to come into my season? There are pe- I'm, I just feel it. And, I'm, and I talk with you a lot, all the people of this church. And you're waiting on your time to get into the ministry, really the fullness of what God is calling you to. And you're saying, when is the time? And God's saying, when it's harvest time, when it's the time. And, and many of you I, I need you to look at this just for a second from a different perspective. Don't look at it in second person, but look at it in first person say I am now the wheat and something is around my root and it feels like it's suffocating me and there's a weed around me it's a tear that's close to me and I can't seem to get it off of me and I need to know when is the time when I'm ever going to be able to breathe off of this thing when is the time when I'm going to be able to shake this thing off and come into what God has told me to do and he said and I hear him saying today when is that time the time is when you come into your season of harvest He, he said it might be at the last minute when the tear begins to come off of you and you can breathe that God shoves you into the ministry that he's called you to. He may have to wait till the very last second. It may come and and listen, he says to the reapers, the Bible says that he says to the reapers to go gather gather the tares and bundle them together. What's that tell me? It says when it's time for you to be ridded of that tear that God is going to ordain someone to come along and pull that thing off of your life and begin to rip it apart from you. So you're going to begin to breathe again. You're going to begin to feel again. You're going to begin to know that you have freedom and liberty to do what God has called you to do. Why? Because God is going to He said, then I will send the reapers your way. And and, and it's going to happen immediately. It's going to come into your life. And then you know what will happen? He'll pull them off and you'll think, what's going to happen when they get pulled off? Because they've been attached to me forever. Guess what will happen? They'll go cling to somebody else that's their own kind because they're clinging anyway. He said they'll bundle them together and they'll be thrown into the fire. And so I want to say to you. It may be at the last second that this happens because you've got to grow together. It may be right at the last minute. I I used to like when the old preacher said uh, that God is right on time no matter whenever he comes. And I feel like that's the message that that this message is today. It's that it might not be in your time. You may be done and you may be being squeezed on and you may be just worn out. But God is saying when it's right on time, I'm going to come in and pull that thing apart from you and you're going to be catapulted and your season of harvest stand to your feet with me in the house of God this morning in the time of showing your fruit in the time of your usefulness for the kingdom maybe just moments before you actually step into your ministry or maybe just moments before you or they step into eternity I said we need to look at this first person but let's go back to I, I, I feel this message is a message to moms and dads in the house to anybody with a lost loved one who's saying I see the tears sewed around my family and I'm so tired I want to pluck them up but God is saying in the last minute I'll pull them I'll pull those tears I will send the reapers Many of you have heard me talk about Psalms chapter 89. He says that you store up mercies in the heavens I will make an everlasting covenant you, with you even to the sure mercies of David in verse about number 25 or 26 in the eighty-nine chapter of Psalms it says if your children forsake my laws and walk not in my statutes I will visit their transgressions with a rod and their iniquity with strife nevertheless my loving kindness will I not utterly take from them nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. What he was saying is your children may walk away. Away from me. They may have tears sold around them their entire life, but I'm telling you that he is faithful, faithful, faithful to a thousand generations. And it may be at the last seconds or last minutes of their life when he finally says, now their har- heart, now the harvest is ripe. And I can go in and send the reapers in to rip away that tear and that the fruit can still be full of integrity. Amen. So they're coming moms and dads. The pressure may not stop, until just that divine moment. It may, you may feel like it's getting too late. But God is saying that it will happen right on time. Right on time. Right on time. This morning in the house of the Lord. We must know that we sow seed into good ground. And that there will. It, this is not a maybe. There will be tares sowed among your seed. The enemy will not let you sow good ground, a good seed into good ground and leave it alone. There will be tares. We've got to let them grow. I've got to go back to this really quickly. We cannot beat up on people who have tares attached to their life. I said it a year ago. I'm saying it again. God's going to grow the church, but they're going to come in in all kinds. And we've got to let the Holy Ghost begin to work out in their life whatever is being worked out in their life, let the word of God, well let the word of God change them. You don't need to change them. God will ordain a person when the harvest time is ripe to rip away that tear and allow them to show forth fruit. Bow your heads and your hearts with